Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. And with that, we welcome you inside of Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. What's happening, Frankie? Greg, hey, what's going on, buddy? There's a lot going on right now. Partaking in a fantasy baseball experts mock draft. And I'm currently on the clock, so uh, it's very stressful right now. Talk about stressful. <laughs> Look at this, people. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. This is don't a mock draft. Stop. This is a mock draft, people. I don't have do my rankings I won't rip, done yet, I won't Greg. rip it. I won't no, rip I don't it. trust you at all. Get I, away. You have my word. Get away! I'm a man of my word. Give me no. a favor. Give me a favor. No, no, no. I'm a man of my word, Frank. No, I don't, no I don't believe you. Go sit down have on I your side of the you? table. Have I just I made my draft pick. Would you like me to reveal no, who I, I just I want to show the people. No. I want to show the people what's going on. Thank you. I have a list where Wait I'm crossing the names I'm of players off the list. I want to prove a point. I'm trying to prove a point. What's your point, then? Tell me, tell me before, tell word. me before you. Uh... I want to show how into a mock draft you are by you're actually crossing names out. I'm serious. All right, I know that you're gonna not ripping it. You're gonna rip it. Look at this. This is a a mock draft. 
on January 22nd. Frank, you don't I make don't. money for winning the mock draft. No, you, you don't, don't play it out. And this is how pros. serious Frank is taking this. Cross and I've already missed a bunch of players. Off because... his fantasy pros sheet on January 22nd for a mock. You don't think Frank Stample is dedicated to fantasy baseball? Look at this, people. <laughs> well, yep. thank you, Greg. Give me my word. I'm so happy that you didn't you didn't rip it. Now that I've I've missed every draft pick. Well, this is I'm not gonna be able to pay attention to this anymore. So we're no, flying you're on the air. We're flying off the cuff here, Greg. What's going on, buddy? This is unbelievable, man. How are you? Unbelievable in a good way, in a bad way? No, I feel like, I, you're, I'm, I'm, I feel like you're mad at me. I feel like you want to make fun I'm of me. I'm mad at you. I'm happy you're happy. <laughs> if you're happy, I'm happy. <laughs> are you happy? I just sleep last night. Not great. Not great? No. The dreams are back. Maybe uh, watching Zion Williamson's debut tonight yeah! will help you sleep a little better tonight. That'll be cool, man. Let's go. We're there, man. The, the debut of Zion Williamson tonight in the NBA, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. On ESPN, it's going to be great. And Frank, we're going to talk about it, not by ourselves tonight. We will not be by ourselves. We have Christian Clark of NOAA.com, the Times Picayune, joining us later in the show to talk about the debut of Zion Williamson, what we can expect tonight, what we can expect for the rest of the season. There's a bunch of people that have question marks about Zion Williamson, Greg. I am not one of those Me people, either, man. personally. Awesome. I think he's going to be awesome. You know, Maybe the only question I have is regarding his body type. Sure. And the mass with which his body comes with, obviously, uh, and how that might hold up long term. So we'll try and get some answers out of Christian Clark later on in the show. I'm happy to do that. But until we get there, Greg, we're talking baseball. We spent a lot of time, baseball one second, but we spent a lot of time on um, the Grizzlies, right? Talking off air, on air, but some other stuff we do about what Memphis does and how they're in the playoffs at the moment. Pelicans, who were the worst team in the league in the first month of the season, like Knicks like bad, are three and a half games out now. They're 11 and 5 in their last 16 games. Zion Williamson's back. Drew Holiday's back. Brandon Ingram's back. Lonzo Ball's back. Lonzo Ball's been back, Greg. He's balling out in the month of January. No pun intended. But Lonzo Ball's playing really well. Drew Holiday just came back in his last game, scored 36 points in that game. He's awesome. Now you get Zion. Nor Brandon Ingram is playing at an all-star level. Brandon Ingram should be an all-star too. Yes, he should. I know that you pro- you're probably one of those people who laughs at people who vote for the all-star game. I am. I'm one of those people. But I voted for Brandon Ingram. That's cool. I think he deserves to be an all-star. So no, I, don't, I don't think I laugh at people that vote no, for the all No, you definitely game. do. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I don't. Like, what's wrong okay. with that? You I move. just voted for a bunch of people that, A, I like, and I think are deserving. So I voted for Bam Adebayo, obviously, and like Jimmy Butler. Did you imagine if the Pelicans <laughs> sneak into the playoffs as that eighth seed and get to face the Lakers? Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Anthony Davis, the whole thing. <laughs> How cool would that be? That would be very cool. would be a lot of fun here, Greg. What's happening? Oh, my God. I'm missing a bunch of draft picks here. Frank, where's the focus here, bud? The focus is on everything, Greg. <laughs> That's where the focus is it's on. Come on! <laughs> I know, but I want to see which players are going. I want to see where everyone's being drafted. I haven't really participated in too many drafts in general yet. Oh, Nelson Cruz. You know I love Nelson Cruz, Greg. Should have had him on your list. I didn't get him. Oh, I'm sorry, Frank. Well, you distracted me. Well, it's, I'm sorry. We're <laughs> on a live show at the moment. We are. Would you like to uh, Would you like to talk about who I'm drafting right now? Not really, to all be right. honest with you. So you don't want to do this at all? Well, Why are we even doing this? <laughs> well, there's, stuff I wanted, there's stuff I wanted to get to, to be honest with you, because the biggest news in baseball yesterday, well, today, it's Luis Rojas, the new manager of the New York Metropolitans, the son of Felipe Alou. thinking about doing Moises something Alou. crazy here, Greg. What? All right, keep going. All right. I'll take this guy for now. I just took Reese Hoskins in the eighth round, Greg. That's a great value, doesn't it? He's my starting first baseman. Why wouldn't he be? 
Is Reese, is Reese Hoskins like awesome? All right, I got to read you my team. I don't care if you don't want to know. I, was telling you I want Luis your Rojas. initial reaction. It, Luis, it doesn't matter. <sighs> this is what matters right now, Greg. Through eight rounds, my team is Reese Hoskins, Mike Moustakis, Javier Baez, Bryce Harper, Mookie Betts, Shane Bieber, Luis Severino, and you, Darvish. He was pretty awesome. Why you, Darvish, though? He was the last the pitcher tier. in that tier, and yeah. it was about to end, and I wanted a third starter, so I... But Syndergaard was already gone. Granky was already gone. Charlie That's Morton cool. was already gone. I really wanted Morton. I just missed out on him, too. I like that. Hey, Morton's your boy. Morton is what my boy. What round did he go in? Uh, Morton went at the end of the fourth round. He's climbing up, man. Sure I is, saw him man. go in the third round of a draft yesterday. Jesus. I saw Matt Olson go in the third round yeah, of a draft Yeah, I saw yesterday. you tweeting about that. It's crazy, That's man. a little bit nuts. It's crazy. All right, now you can talk about... Uh, Whoever you were talking about. The Mets new manager. Uh, it's Luis Rojas, son of Felipe Alou, brother of Moises Alou. Uh, they stayed inside their organization. They hired a guy that they saw as a fast riser, somebody they interviewed the first time, and that's who they went with. Luis Rojas, the new manager of the New York Mets. He was their deal. quality control coach last year. Yes. And th- doesn't he have some kind of minor league experience as well? Yeah, he's, mi- okay. he's been in the minor league system for the Mets doing stuff for a very long time. It's kind of surprising to me that Eduardo Perez made it to basically the finals between himself and Carlos Beltran, and he didn't end up getting this job. It well, just, maybe that's kind of weird. Maybe that's not true. That's what he we wasn't. think. Yeah, maybe that's Luis true. Rojas was the other candidate. That's true. You know? So now they <sighs> give it to Luis Rojas here. This is going to be a tough show for Frank. <laughs> I can see it. It's going to be a very tough show for Frank. All right, uh, we take a break here. When we come back, I have to ask Frank some stuff about the Atlanta Braves, in particular Marcelo Suna, their newest signing, some pitching, some other guys on the Braves I have questions about. Hopefully Frank has answers and will be paying attention. Why not? NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. last year maybe not the unluckiest but definitely one of the most unlucky players uh normally when we you know look at prolific hitters in baseball their numbers are the batting average is high the home runs are high the slugging percentage the on-base percentage is all high and their expected numbers are a little bit lower that was not the case with Marcelo Zuna I mean he had 241 last year his expected batting average was 288 that is insane. His slugging percentage was 472. Solid slugging percentage. Expected slug, 548. 336 Woba. Expected Woba, 382. He was extremely unlucky last year. Now he joins a lineup where Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, and Freddie Freeman are hitting ahead of him. And you're getting him outside Seems the top awesome. 100. He's going around pick 110 right now in NFBC ADP. You know what he is. He's a four-category contributor. Maybe he'll give you a handful of stolen bases. Not much more than that. But... He seems like a good value right now and seems like someone that can, you know, maybe he doesn't do exactly what Donaldson did last year at the Braves, but I don't see why he can't come close. All right, so the obvious question. Sure. Who would you rather have, Marcelo Zuna or Reese Hoskins? Well, considering how I took Reese Hoskins over Marcelo Zuna in this draft, um, I guess the answer is clear. I guess the answer is Reese Hoskins. But I think Reese Hoskins actually goes way after him in ADP right now. That is not true. Really, they're close. 108 for Marcelo Zuna, 111 for Reese Hoskins. Okay, uh, the biggest difference is Ozuna's going to give you a better batting average. Okay. Obviously, in the NFBC, you play Roto Leagues. Those are five outfielders. So, if you look at position scarcity... Um, and you need- You're off that this year, right? After last year's the I, destruction. I don't know, Greg. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm all over the place. The reason I just took Reese Hoskins is because he's like the last first baseman left that I liked. That was on the that, That's okay. Yeah. That's okay. So he was like the drop off of the That wasn't like you needed to take an outfielder in the first round because I have five. Oh my God, I'm going to die. No, 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 no. We did, we did that last year. I didn't year. do that. 
I did not do that, Greg. Um, so, look, I think you'll get a better batting average out of Marcelo Zuna. I think you'll get similar power numbers, maybe better home runs out of Reese Hoskins. Sure. Both really good lineups. They're going to drive in uh, RBIs. And the run scored maybe slightly in favor of Marcelo Zuna. Like, whose lineup do you think is better, the Phillies or the Braves? The They're Bra- both really good. The Braves is, the first, is my first inkling. Sure. I stand by the Braves, actually, yeah. Okay. I would take Marcelo Zuno over Reese Hoskins. I like Reese Hoskins. Yeah, I think they're close. Though. I think they're close. Better lineup. Yeah. Five outfielders. It comes to play when it's that close. Four, no, three category contributors, but Ozuna's going to be better in batting average. So in hindsight, yeah, I mean, I think Ozuna's probably the better player in a vacuum than Reese Hoskins. You also, nothing for nothing, you got 12 stolen bases last year at Marcelo Zuna. Really? Yeah. That's got to be a career high. It is very much a career high. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I was about to say. The highest of his career previously was in 2013, where he had five for the Marlins. Interesting. It's not nothing, Frankie. It is not nothing. I'm sorry, I'm on the clock. You're not paying attention. <laughs> this is bad. Okay. And now, All right, I just took Max Fried as my fourth starting oh, pitcher. I'm glad you got into Max Fried. I love Max Fried. I'm going to get into Max Fried. <laughs> and that was my, part of the plan of the show to talk about Max Fried. We'll, okay. we'll do that yes. in a second. Not yet. All right. Though. All right, I'm back again. I had to make a draft pick. I Welcome got Max Fried. Okay. So you had. Uh, Last year, Osuna batted 243 with an average. Hoskins batted 226. But as you said, uh, extremely unlucky was Marcel Ozuna last year. That could go up. OBP, a little bit less than, um, than Reese Hoskins last season. If you look at the hard hit percentage, which I'll pull up now, 48% hard hit percentage last year for Marcel Ozuna. Line drive percentage at 23%. Ridiculous. He was really good last year. If he gets a little bit luckier in a little bit better of a lineup, Marcel Ozuna, he a steal where he's going at pick 108 at the moment. Now, I, I want to get some Max Freeman. I don't want to do that yet because I want to talk about this lineup for the Braves, which you love. I brought it up last week, but now they're talking about the Braves, I think it's worth talking about again. Gerald Acuna, the number one overall pick. I said yes last week, and I'm going to stand by that. And it's because of the stolen bases. Mike Trout, you know, gave you 11 stolen bases last year. He's been a little banged up the past couple of seasons as well. Ronald Acuna in his first full season with the Atlanta Braves. He goes 30-30. Maybe the stolen bases come back a little bit, but I think he's going to come close to that. Uh, Trout's going to give you a better batting average, but the stolen bases are so, so, so hard to come by. Uh, It's close. You're splitting hairs, but give me Ronald Acuna over Mike Trout. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And I get it, man. 40-40, like, he's got a better shot at doing it. It seems to be Ronald Acuna, so much more comfortable in that leadoff spot than anywhere else. And I think that Acuna, certainly in the conversation, Mike Trout, is this the year he goes to? Not for me. I was thinking number one, probably. Joe Madden reinvigorates him a little bit. <laughs> is that what's going to happen here, Greg? Why not? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, all right. Trout. I mean, you're not taking Yelich over Trout either, right? Like, that would just be, what's the point of that? Correct. Yelich has the knee injury as well. Correct. So I would go Trout. Trout and Acuna, clearly uh, your first two. Now, I wanted to stay with the Braves lineup because a name that, and again, I haven't been all over my research yet here, but a name I really wanted to know about, Frankie, was Austin Riley. Because when he got called up last year, it was a big deal. Like, oh my God, Austin Riley's coming up. We've been waiting, we've been waiting, we've been waiting. Got off to a fast start, and then he went back down. He... Is he going to play every day? Is he the starting third baseman now with Josh Donaldson out? His ADP currently in the NFBC is 278. That's costing you nothing. He's going around Brendan McKay, Garrett Richards, Bill Myers, and Dylan Bundy. <laughs> so it's costing you nothing to draft Austin Riley. Does he have a job? As of now, I know you love roster resource well, on January 22nd. This is when you got to use it. But... They have Johan Camargo as the starting third baseman of the Atlanta Braves right now. I don't think Johan Camargo is going to stand in the way of Austin Riley. 
No, I don't think so either. Right. I think, you know, if Austin Riley plays well in the spring, I mean, he had major deficiencies last year sure. when he came up to the major league level. I mean, he took the league by storm. The first month he was here, he was, he was great, mashing home runs, butcher in the outfield. His natural position is third, third base, base, which, you know, maybe that will me. even help him at the dish. We've talked about that before where, you know, when guys have to change their position, play the outfield. Reese Hoskins. We saw it with Reese Hoskins as well, right? When he had to play the outfield. Um, that's stupid, by the way. We saw the uh, we saw the production come down for Reese Hoskins. So, just twenty two years old is Austin. There is a chance Austin Riley breaks camp as a starting third baseman for the Atlanta Braves. It wouldn't surprise me if he spends the first month or so down uh, while he works on his defense. You gotta like, but this. if he's playing well in the spring, then I think he will have a shot. It also wouldn't surprise me if he. You gotta like maybe this value, man. At two seventy eight for, for Austin sure. Riley, I mean, right. You want to find lottery tickets late that have upside, especially power potential? This is someone that can hit over 30 home runs if he plays every single day in a really good Atlanta Braves lineup. Well, so he played 80 games last year for the yeah. Braves. How many home runs do you think he had? You said he hit 30 in 162. Um, I'm going to say he hit 18. On the dot. Really? 18 home runs last I even, year. <laughs> I haven't done any Austin Riley research yet. So he hit 18, 18 home runs last year in 80 games. Pretty good. The problem, of course, is... At the plate with the discipline. He only walked 5% of the time in the major leagues after walking 10% of the time in AAA to start off the year over 40 games. The strikeout percentage went way up from AAA to the majors. 20% strikeout rate in AAA, over 36% in the majors, and that obviously affected his average, which is 226, and his on-base percentage was terrible given that he didn't walk at 279. Is there any way to tell, Frank, can Austin Riley improve those areas? You look at the hard hit percentage. It was good, 42.5%. That's good. Line drive percent, 25%. That's good, too. When he made contact, the ball went far. He just didn't make contact enough. Is there a way, and I'm sure you look at the swinging strike percentage and, and that kind of stuff, to say, like, hey, if he's just a little bit more patient and he lets the balls come to him and he isn't swinging everything because his uh, chase rate was over 41%, for God's sake. Yeah, sakes, that's insane. Why can't he be a lot better? Right, like no, the quality of contact is great. Yeah. It's just how often does he make contact? Right. That's what it comes down to. But for I think he can get Ryan. better in, in a sophomore year. This is someone who you know last year at AAA was striking out twenty percent of the time. Yeah, you look at every other season. However, you know twenty eighteen and the years before that, you know he did hover around 27 percent the years before that. So look, he cut down his strikeouts at AAA last year, which helped him you know bring his batting average up. He's got to do that at the major league level. He's got to become uh, better in terms of plate discipline. A lot of young players who come up uh, have that issue. So you're right. When he makes contact, his quality of contact is no joke. Over 40% hard hit rate. Uh, he has the 48% fly ball. That's maybe even a little bit too high as well. Maybe he's swinging for the fences too much. But if he can just cut down that strikeout rate to 30%, his batting average goes up to 250 right there. Austin Riley. First name on the sleeper list. You're in. 2020. Fair enough. It could be cool. Can't knock you on that one. We'll come back. We'll hit on the Braves pitching. Frank just took Max Freed. He likes Mike Fultonevich as well. We'll talk about both those guys on the other side of this. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Poppy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, the Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas, We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. You find it. All right, back here on the BFFs, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, and Frankie, we are here to remind the people that if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire, then dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRotor.com. Dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings all season long. Complete the pros with the DailyRotor.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and so much more. 10% off on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. DailyRotor.com slash DUNK to learn more. DailyRotor.com slash DUNK. DailyRotor.com where millionaires are made. All right, Frank, you a few moments ago took Max Freed in this industry mock, and you told me that 
He is climbing. He's a guy I like coming out of spring training last year because I believe it was like Freddie Freeman was like, this guy's the best pitcher we have. And, well, for a lot of the season, he pitched like it. Max Freed going 140 right now over on the NFBC. What do you like about Max Freed? Well, what I like about Max Freed was that um, the strikeouts were great. The strikeout minus walk rate. I mean, this guy, nine over 9 Ks per 9, 2.5 walks per 9 last year. 4.02 ERA. He was unlucky. 3.32 xFIP, Greg, in his first full season. Over 165 innings pitched last year. He's still just 26 years old. There's a lot to like here. He's basically fastball curveball, but his curveball is nasty. It's one of the best in the league already. I would say that pretty confidently, right? So uh, he's got some. He's got the the swing and miss curveball. He's got a mid 90s fastball. And he had he got enough under his belt last year, you know. He had 17 wins, 165.2 innings pitched. So uh, with that team's offense, should get some wins as well. The problem is he's moving up the draft board right now. You mentioned where is he going? 140. 140. So he's climbing. You know, ideally you'd want Freed as what your SP four, maybe SP five. Correct. In the 140 range? Ideally 4-5. You exactly. might end up yep. being your SP3. And maybe that's in deeper leagues like the 15-teamers. But he's moving up right now. How he's going to end up being drafted as a top 30 starting pitcher. Really? Yeah. How much would you pay for him in an auction? Uh, off the top of my head, let's say 15 bucks. Yeah. A lot. It's a lot. It's, you know, right a, it's a top 30 starting pitcher. Love to pay like... Ten bucks for him. Okay, I hope we have money to play with. <laughs> I just want How we mess it up this year, Greg? Probably me raising my hand and you yelling at me. <laughs> no, nah, we we were good last year. We did for we, the most part. We were good. We were on the same. We page. were on the same page. We were on the same page. I didn't get yelled at by Frank at all. It was great. I'm just gonna all, listen. I'm just gonna want pitching. You're gonna want all these players. I don't want. I'm gonna want pitching. Yeah. Well, we we're already starting to discuss our our strategy. We're on the same page thus far. We're, we're in a 15 team. Auction, a very competitive I don't auction. Think, I don't think we way. finished higher than 12th ever. No, that's not true. We finished the first year. The first year, we were inside the top 10 out of 15. Were we? Yeah, that counts, right, for something? <laughs> we, we, haven't, like, we haven't been in the mix. But it's a very competitive league. There's so a lot hard. of really good players Dude, in there. Ian Kahn so is in that hard. league. Uh, Nando and Dane share a team. They don't really care. They don't really care. <laughs> well, uh, Colton and the Wolfman are in that league as well. So it, it's a really competitive league. And we've already started talking about some... Uh, some strategy, some some ways we want to go. Yeah, we have an idea of who we, we want to spend like, up for this year. I, I kind of have an I kind of have an idea of what we want to spend. You know, you and I will. Uh, You're in on Max Fried as well. Yeah. Oh, I like Max Fried. You like what you saw out of him last year? I did. I, I I liked him as a prospect. I liked him last year. I'm very very in on Max Fried. I you know I retweeted something the other day from I believe it was SP Streamer on Twitter, which basically had a side by side breakdown of Fried versus Soroka. Yeah, your boy and. Soroka's being drafted ahead of Freed. Soroka gives off a Kyle Hendricks kind of vibe, you know? Ugh. Where he gives you the good ERA, the good whip. He's not going to get a ton of strikeouts. I think that there's room for the strikeouts to improve for Soroka this year. Maybe he gets up around like 8Ks per 9, slightly over that. And I like Soroka. He's your, your Soroka guy. He's, he's being drafted very high this year. Dude, so. I don't like my Mike Soroka. What's Walks up? per 9. What's his walks per nine? 2.11. From Soroka? Yes. It's very good. What are you talking about? Is that good? Two walks per nine? It's great. Is it? <laughs> great. You've been out of the game for a while. <laughs> is that good, too? Two is great. It's Max Freed's. Max Freed is like 2.55. Really? 
I would say anything that approaches three and over three is bad. Like Robbie That's Ray is like three and a half walks well, per nine. He's the worst. Yes. Like Luis Castillo's over three walks per nine. He's also very bad. No, he's very good. He just walks a lot of people. Well, I know. <laughs> the strikeouts aren't great at 7.3. You need it to be oh, like you gosh. said over eight. You know what? I'm actually mad that someone just took Kyle Hendricks in this draft. Group. No, you're not. You don't I actually Kyle. wanted Kyle we Hendricks. We don't want Kyle Hendricks. We're not doing that. Say that. We're not doing Kyle <laughs> Hendricks. No, I don't want... Well, for what you no. for what you need. If you need no. up ERA and whip, uh-uh. that's what Kyle Hendricks is good it's at. not happening. <laughs> it's absolutely not happening. Alrighty. All right. Uh, the x last year for Mike Soroka, by the way, 385. Yeah, so that's high. That's He's, higher than thanks. Max Freed's. Thanks, Frank. That's I higher know. than Max Freed's. But yes. that's why, like, if you put them side by side, what was Soroka's ERA? Two and change. Exactly. Two so sixty-eight. People are going to see the sub three ERA, and they're going Great to instantly point. react to Soroka there. And Max Fried had an ERA over four, yet his peripheral numbers, his XFIP was Better. lower than Mac, yeah. uh, Mike Soroka's. He gets more strikeouts, a few more walks for Max Fried. I do worry about whether or not Fried can... The gains that he made in command and control last year, Greg, can he keep those yes. this year? Yes, he can. Can he maintain that this year? So that's the only question mark I might have because uh, in every other level in the minors and throughout his time in the majors, a brief time, he walked a lot of people. Max Fried, he was very wild. Yep. So have that he up improved tremendously in that regard last year. Can he maintain that this year? I think that's a fair question when it comes to Max Fried. I'm a Max Fried guy. I like him. I- I'm with you, though. I, like I-, him. I just took him in this mock. Good. That's fantastic. The rest of the Braves rotation does potentially include Mike Fultonevich, who had should a I take Fulte right now, Greg, or should I take Sean Manaya? I know, I know you like Manaya. Oh, well, let's talk about that, right? Because Mike Fultonevich on the clock right now, two years ago, had a really thirty good year. seconds to pick. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so we would spend time editing shows and watching Mike Fultonevich pitch, and everyone was kind of waiting for him to fall off, and he didn't. He was awesome two years ago. I like Luke Weaver too. Jesus, but is his dude, arm going to fall? What about Mike Fultonevich right now? All right. So if you had to pick right now, Greg, I'll let you make my pick live on the air. He's so angry. Fultonevich or John Manaya? Fultonevich. 15 seconds. Fulty. All right. It's done. Great. Talk about Fulty now? <laughs> yes, we can talk about Fulty. So two years ago, he was awesome, right? Like, the strikeouts were great. Uh, the control was, was under, under control. He wasn't going deep into games, but, you know, he was good. Last year, taking much earlier than he should have been, and he was a complete disaster. He was hurt early, probably never got healthy. But maybe that's part of the reason why he wasn't great until the second half of the year, Frank. He wasn't fully healthy. Is that possible? Yeah, for sure. I mean, his first half was basically a wash. You know, he was dealing with the, I think it was like a flexor mass yeah. in his forearm, which normally is a, uh, a prelude to Tommy John surgery. So you were worried about the, the forearm and the elbow for Mike Fultonevich, someone who throws extremely hard and relies on his slider a lot as well. Uh, so you have all those concerns over Fulte, but then in the second half, and I pointed this out to you the other day, we started scrolling through Fulte's game log, right? And basically, from August on, he starts going deeper into games. He's getting more comfortable. The strikeouts are starting to come. The command is starting to come back for Fultonevich. I'm not saying that he's going to be the player that he was in 2018, right? Because the peripheral numbers say that he got lucky that season. But is he someone that can pitch to a, I don't know, 3-7 ERA with a strikeout per inning and a 1.25 whip, something like that? I mean, you're getting this guy pretty late in drafts right now. Is your SP5, SP6 at times? I think that there's some upside there with Fulte, and I think he flashed that in the second half. So I'm with you. I think he's one of the guys that I'm going to be target, targeting later on in drafts, along with the Manayas and the Luke Weavers. Those, those are a lot of pitchers that I've Here's been looking at Here's what you need so to know far. about Mike Fultonevich. 6.37 ERA in the first half last year. Yep. It was a wash, like I told you. 2.65 ERA in the second half. That's how good he was, man. Strikeouts, 
50 in the first half, 55 in the second half. So the strikeouts were still there on, on both sides of things. I, I thought he was, as you described, so much better in the second half, specifically um, in the month of August and September. He didn't pitch them on July, either he was in the minors or he was hurt. 390 in August, 150 ERA down the stretch for the Braves in September and into October. Mike fulton really, really good uh, the second half of the season uh, last year for the Atlanta Braves. Got a little bit unlucky, too. Mike fulton very much on the radar once again for us. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you here. Um, I don't really think there's much more to say about uh, Fulte now until I deep dive and see what I find when it comes to Mike fulton Absolutely. Mike fulton in very much on the radar for your BFFs here this season. Let's continue on, Frankie boy, about these Atlanta Braves, what we're going to continue to do when drafting them. We've gone through the rotation. We've gone into Austin Riley. What about your boy, Freddie Freeman? Right? Freddie Freeman's your guy. He's been your guy at first base. Do you go back? Yeah, I mean, why would you go away from Freddie Freeman? Everything is legit when it comes to him. The batting average is stellar. Uh, doesn't hurt you at stolen bases either. You know, he'll give you a 6 to 5 to 10. Nothing crazy. But a legit four-category contributor that doesn't hurt you in stolen bases. Great lineup that we've been talking about all day long. Now has Marcelo Zuna sure. hitting behind him. Uh, the career year last year, 38 homers, 113 runs, over 120 RBIs as well. The batting average, 293 for his career. I don't, I don't see any reason to go away from Freddie Freeman. So, yeah, I think where he's going, you know, at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, it's a great pick. The obvious question. The foundation pick. You right know there. what's coming. Nolan yeah. Arenado or Freddie Freeman. Let's go. <sighs> Knowing what we know now, if Arenado is in Colorado, in Coors Field, I will take Arenado over Freeman. Remember when Freddie Freeman versus Anthony Rizzo If he gets traded, I'm taking Freeman. Remember when Freeman versus Anthony Rizzo was a thing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Coming up here uh, on the grid, we're talking Zion Williamson. Oh, yes. Zion Williamson oh. is back tonight for the New Orleans Pelicans. And we're going to break it down. How many minutes he's expected to play? What role he's going to provide both fantasy owners, bettors, wagers, and, of course, the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans are favored tonight by three and a half points at home over the Spurs. Pelicans are one of the hottest teams against the spread in the NBA. Nine of ten games they've covered. Four, uh, for you, better's got to get on this, Frank. It was Ian Williamson. You feel the mystique. You feel the aura. You want to bet on them. But is that the right move? I like the Pelicans tonight. They're playing good ball. <laughs> I know. Even without Zion. 9 out of 10. 11 and 5 yeah. in their last 16 games straight up. 13 and 3 against the spread in their last 16 games. I like the over in that game, too. I know it's been climbing, climbing all day. It's a big number, 237. Yep. But they've been playing to the over as well. So have the San Antonio Spurs. Yes, they have. Give me the Pels to cover tonight, and I like the over in that game. And over in all Zion Williamson's props. Maybe. All right. We'll find out how many minutes next. Coming up next, Christian Clark will join us. You want the edge? Get on the grid. We'll be back after this. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. You can make the case that tonight is the most anticipated night in the NBA thus far, right? You got Christmas Day, you have opening night, we'll get to the playoffs and All-Star Weekend and that stuff, but tonight is the return, the debut of the number one overall pick in the draft, one of the most hyped number one overall picks we have seen in some time, and that is the debut of Zion Williamson. And to talk about it with us, it's Pelicans beat writer from, no- Pelicans beat writer from NOLA.com, it's Christian Clark. What's going on, Christian? Hey, hey, how you guys doing today? We're doing fantastic. Of course, you cover the Pelicans for NOLA.com, the Times Picayune, as well as host the Bird Watch podcast. Well, forget Bird Watch. Let's just call it the Zion Watch because it's here tonight. And the number one question I know that I've had in regards to 
what I want to do with my money on the Pelicans is, well, how much should we expect out of Zion tonight? How long is he going to play for? What do you think? Yeah, so I'm, I'm expecting Zion to, to be in the starting lineup tonight. I, I think they're just going to go ahead and, and throw him with the starters and, and see how he looks. They, they've said that they're not going to place a hard minutes restriction on him. Um, what they've said instead is that they're going to just monitor the bursts that he plays. Um, I This is just for me, but I wouldn't anticipate him you know, playing in more than three, you know, separate stretches. And I would probably even, you know, bet on two. Um, I mean, look, he's missed the first 44 games of the season. So, well, they say they're not going to put a, a minute restriction on him. Um, I wouldn't expect it to, to be a lot. I mean, I would, I would probably guess somewhere in the, I don't know, 20 minutes range. Frankie, the, thing, the, also, the also crazy thing is the Pelicans are playing really well. So it's not like you have to push Zion tonight in his debut, right? Like, you don't, you don't have to force it anymore. When they were one of the worst teams in basketball, you had to force it and you wanted to rush Zion. They didn't. Now they're in a position where they're kind of used to playing without him. They don't have to push the envelope. No, they don't. They're playing extremely well. 11-5 and five straight up. 13-3 and three against the spread in their last 16 games are the New Orleans Pelicans. So, you're right. They're playing well. Uh, the original timetable for this injury was 6-8 to eight weeks. Greg, he has surgery on that torn meniscus. He misses three months. It's nearly three months of the day that he has had surgery. He had it back on October 21st. Christian, I know you spoke about you know what you expect tonight. Uh, I've read a few things about maybe 15 to 20 minutes. You mentioned you know maybe he plays uh, in in three stints tonight. What's the outlook moving forward as well, though? Not just for tonight. Are they how cautious are they going to be? Obviously, this is their prized possession, first overall pick, uh, the most hyped player coming out of college in a long, long time. What's the plan for Zion? For the future, right now, this season, uh, in the short term, is there going to be a minutes restriction for the rest of the season? Is he going to play back to back? I mean, what have you heard uh, regarding Zion Williamson for the rest of the season, not just tonight? Yeah, so I would say fairly cautious. Um, look, they're they're trying; they're going to try really hard to make the playoffs, um, and they've they've already been overly cautious bringing Zion back. So. You know, it's going to depend how he looks in the next couple of games, but I think, you know, a handful of games with a restriction and then, you know, if he looks good next three, four games, then kind of let him do his thing and, and maybe approach 30 minutes. Uh, they have said that they're playing to hold him, more than likely playing to hold him out of back-to-backs, the second night of back-to-backs. So that chops four games off right there. I believe they have four sets of back-to-backs. So fairly cautious is what I would say. All right, Greg, so from a fantasy perspective, you know, if you own Zion, maybe a handful of games where he's under this minute, minutes restriction, but, you know, once he gets back in the flow of things, uh, maybe not no minutes cap there, uh, but you should expect him to sit out the second night of back-to-backs moving forward. So as, as Christian alluded to, though, right, a lot of it's going to be based on feel and how he looks and how he feels. The good, the good part about Zion Williamson isn't like it's Kevin Durant, who's been in the league and has a lot of miles on those knees. Zion Williamson, just a freshman at Duke when he came out, He's young, he's ready to rock, and they have been overly cautious. You mentioned he's been out for three months for an injury that should have taken six to eight weeks. He's going to be ready to go tonight, and I think how comfortable he is tonight and going forward will probably dictate his playing time here. But my question for you, Christian, again, we're talking to Christian Clark, NOLA.com, host of the Board Watch podcast, Times Picayune as well. And how does Zion Williamson being back affect everybody else on the Pelicans? I drafted Drew Holiday as the guy that was going to really step up and be this leader both on and off the court for New Orleans. I drafted Brandon Ingram, figuring he would have to step up without Zion Williamson there. How do all of these guys interact and play alongside Zion Williamson now? 
Well, you know, I think that's really interesting. I mean, Brandon Ingram has been the biggest story here through the first half of the season. I mean, he's developed into a bona fide star, you know, leading scorer on the team, one of the most efficient high-volume scorers in the NBA. I'm, I'm curious, you know, how Ingram and, and Williamson mesh with the forward spots. Um, I, I don't expect, you know, Zion to take a, a lot from, from what Ingram has been able to do, mostly because I, I kind of view Zion as a, a plug-and-play player. Like, on that Duke team, he was the number two option. R.J. Barrett attempted five more shots per game than them, and Zion was still, you know, able to get his numbers. He can. He's not a guy who, like, has to have the ball in his hands to really impact the game. You know, you can kind of feast on, like, putbacks and cuts and, and lobs. So, I would say it's a, it's a fairly seamless fit. Um, you know, just obviously the, the big factor is the health. You know, we've seen uh, Alvin Gentry with his big man get a lot of productivity out of them. Julius Randle got a monster contract in the New York Knicks, thanks to Alvin Gentry. We've seen- Even this year, we've seen people step in. Jaleel Okafor's sure. had big games. Derek Favors too. has played well over the past you month know. or so. Yeah. Uh, come on, don't disrespect Derek Favors, Greg. Come and on. Anthony Davis, obviously, being the prime yeah, example. Obviously. It's Marcus Cousins, who they traded for. We've had a lot of success with these bigger guys in this system for Alvin Gentry. And, you know, Zion Williams is just the next guy. Yeah, and they play at an extremely high pace, too. I think that fits into uh, Zion's skill set, uh, getting up and down the court where he can catch lobs and he can be a rim runner as well. Christian, we know that he's a freak athlete. 285 pounds. That is a lot of weight. What has the training staff been doing with him to ensure his health moving forward? You know, is he trying to lose weight? Because I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, him at that playing weight of 285 pounds that much mass on his body constantly jumping and as high as he jumps, that that's going to affect his you know long-term health in the NBA. So has the training staff been doing anything differently with Zion since he's you know come to the NBA and joined the New Orleans Pelicans? Is there a plan for him to cut some of that weight? Or is this just a weight that he's comfortable playing at and they'll kind of manage it from there on? Yeah, I mean, like you said, part of what makes him so interesting is that he's just an unprecedented player. There's never been a guy who... 285 pounds, he can jump 45 inches in the air. It's, it's just ridiculous that he's able to, to do these things, you know, look at how he looks. I don't think that the Pelicans really, you know, plan on, on cutting a bunch of weight. Um, what they focus on, the biggest thing during this rehabilitation process is improving his flexibility. Um, I mean, just the, the word they throw around a lot is torque. I mean, he generates so much torque, and I think they, they think that it'd be it'd be difficult to take a lot of weight off his frame. They, they just want to improve his flexibility so his frame can, can endure all the, the force that he creates. Um, another thing, too, that they focused on is altering the way he lands. Um, they don't want like his, his knee to kind of jut inwards, which it has at times before when he lands. So a lot of the things they've been doing during the rehab process are to prevent future injuries. We'll see if they can prevent those future injuries and, and keep Zion in the lineup. Certainly the biggest concern going forward uh, for Zion Williams. Talking to Christian Clark here. And Christian, the team, one of the teams that are above the New Orleans Pelicans in the standings, the Memphis Grizzlies, led, of course, by rookie John Morant, the number two overall pick. What will the Pelicans have to do? I mean, obviously they're playing really, really well right now. But in order to, to catch Memphis and catch John Morant, what, do, what, what needs to happen here over you know, the next two months or so? Yeah, I was actually uh, in Memphis for the, the Pelicans-Grizzlies yep. game on Martin Luther King Day. That was a, a really fun game. Two holiday balled out. Um, you know, 
I mean, the Pelicans are 11-5 and five in their last 60 games. They just have to keep doing what they're doing and, and stay healthy. I mean, injuries were such a big story during the first half. I believe they've already used 18 different starting lineups. I mean, there's a lot of guys besides Zion, too. Um, and I think they can also feast on what uh, a lot of different websites consider the easiest schedule in the NBA. I mean, they were dealing with all those, all those injuries while they had a brutal schedule. And you know, I, I think Basketball Reference has them with the easiest schedule going forward. I think Tankathon has them as the second easiest. So, I mean, I think as long as they stay healthy, they, they can feast and make it really interesting. You've been, and you've been calling that out, Frank, for a while now. It's like, they can stay healthy. Like, he was talented. Yeah, and I've been trying to find that on sports books, right? Where yeah. to find the, the odds playoffs. for what the Pelicans are to make the playoffs because I think that they can make a jump. The way that they've played, look, they got off to a really slow start. They had a 13 game losing streak. That is not who this team is. You look at their talent on paper. They are a really talented team. Brandon Ingram should be an all-star this year. Drew Holiday has been uh, has played an all-star level throughout his career. Lonzo Ball is playing well. And now you add Zion Williamson to the mix. I think that if you can find that right now, I haven't been able to find it on the books that I'm looking at, uh, but if you can find the New Orleans Pelicans, their odds to make the playoffs, I think that there's a chance that they can make that jump. Again, they're three and a half games behind the Memphis Grizzlies for the eighth seed. Christian, I've got to ask you again about tonight. I'm looking at player props for Zion Williamson. Greg, his prop has moved up. It was 13 and a half points. It has since moved up to 14 and a half. Yeah, People yeah. are getting excited. They're getting Zion fever. His prop for rebounds tonight is five and a half rebounds as well. Christian, if you had to just give us a projected stat line yep. for Zion Williamson tonight in, let's say, 20 minutes of action, what would you project for Zion tonight? <laughs> oh, man. Um... <laughs> I don't know, 14 and a half seems a little bit high to me just because of the minutes. I, I would probably take the under on that one. What was the over-under on rebounds? Five and a half. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'd probably take the under on, under on points and over on rebounds. All right, and that's where the juice is right now, right, too. We'll, it's we'll minus put, 130 on the rebounds, Greg. We'll put our money where his mouth is. It's perfect. All right, and then uh, next time you're in New York, if there's a Pelicans-Knicks game, uh, you know. Well, it, you're going to buy us the beer that you cost us. Yeah, there you go. go. <laughs> no problem there. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Christian, we'll, we'll, we'll get you out of here um, in just one moment. Of course, it's the New Orleans Pelicans taking on the Spurs tonight. Spurs are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. The total sits at 236-and-a-half. You want to make a prediction for the game? Oh, um, I'll say the Pelicans win. I mean, this building is going to be on fire. They've been playing yep. really well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, – I'll say the Pelicans win – I don't know, 120 to 115. Cover the spread? Barely. That's all you need, man. That doesn't go, uh, that doesn't go over the number either, Greg. No, it just barely. <laughs> barely stays below the number. Barely stays under. Sneaky. Very, very sneaky you are, Christian Clark. He's a smart guy. Christian Clark, he works for Noah.com, Times Picayune. He's the host of the Birdwatch podcast. Christian, we appreciate your time, man. Come back soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. He's Christian Clark. Follow him at CClark3000 on Twitter. A lot of great insight there. It's going to be a fun night, man. You can tell that when the beat reporters are excited because they're just like, this is my job. I got to do this. I got to write a game store. I don't you hear, you hear the excitement. He's excited. Yeah. It's cool. You know, I thought, Greg, what was the most anticipated debut like this? So I, I saw what you wrote there. And I think it makes sense, right? It was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. last year. You had all these hype videos right. coming out. Acuna the year before because somebody had to sit on his damn phone and watch it. I, you know, there wasn't as much hype, though. Dude, you sat on your phone in Yankee Stadium well, and watched me it. personally. I was hyped about Ronald Acuna. I don't know that the nation was. Everybody was sat Vlad. down to watch Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s first at bat last year. 
uh, probably the the most hype, the most press that the Blue Jays got all season. No doubt. <laughs> was that day. No doubt. Uh, and rightfully so. So uh, you want to watch the Pelicans? They'll be on ESPN tonight, 9.30 p.m. Yeah. Eastern time, going up against the San Antonio Spurs. I don't want to take anything away from the Spurs. They played good ball recently as sure. well, and they're battling for a playoff spot. You know, I think if there's anyone that can kind of embrace the energy that's going to be in that building tonight, it's Greg Popovich. It's the Spurs. They've been there before. He's been in the playoffs, what, each of the past 20 years, basically? Past two decades, Greg? It, very badly in Game 7 last year, though. It's the Nuggets where he like, didn't foul. It's very stupid. All right, well, you know Sorry. what? He's had a long... He's had a long... He's old. old yeah, guy. you know, he he's had a long run at it, he you know? Forgot. He's kind of tired of it now, you know? He's tired of winning. <laughs> no, he's not. But you can say that about, about the Knicks, Greg. Pop hosting the... Uh, coaching the All-Star... The Olympic team this year. Awesome. Yeah, this summer. Nice. Yeah. All right. Pop with the Olympics. We'll come back. We got three questions in three minutes, and we'll do that to wrap up the show. Coming up next. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflategate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. You call him Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big copy. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team, a driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two because, as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. All right, there you go. Spurs, Pelicans coming up. Big thanks to Christian Clark for joining the program today, Frankie. Yeah, great information there. Everyone's excited about the debut of Zion Williamson, and I'm sure, I'm sure, Greg, that will be the most bet-on game of the night, both from a side perspective and from a total perspective. Pelicans and the Spurs. I agree. I agree. All right, first question today. How's the team looking, Frank? How is the team looking? All right, so I got to kind of figure this out myself. Um... As of now, my only catcher is Tom Murphy, now the starter of the Seattle Mariners. God. A lot of power there, Greg. Don't sleep on Tom Murphy. Reese Hoskins, Mike Moustakis, Matt Chapman, Javier Baez, Elvis Andrus is the middle infielder. Interesting. Bryce Harper, Adam Eaton, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker, and Willie Calhoun, of course, staying on brand with the outfielders. And then with the pitchers here, we have... Shane Bieber, Luis Severino, Max Fried, Hugh Darvish, Sean Manaya, Mike fulton Liam Hendricks, and Ian Kennedy as my two closers. Kennedy! Kennedy! Yeah. What do you think about that? He's all right. Seems Mox doesn't really matter. And I just drafted... This is crazy to me, Greg. It's round 20. I just took Masahiro Tanaka. That's nuts. In the 20th round. That's crazy. I mean, that's never actually going to happen, but... I think people are looking at the sexy names and forgetting about our boy Masa. You're really the final question. We've got a minute left. All right, what's your question, Greg? Do you know who had, what starting pitcher had the worst left on base percentage in all of baseball last year? Qualified starting pitcher? Qualified starting pitcher. And do you, and I guess the backup question to that is I mean, there's a lot of pitchers. How much does left on base percentage matter to you? Uh, left on base percentage matters quite a bit. Right. Uh, because if the ERA is super low uh, and they pitch to a very high left on base percentage, that's likely going to regress the next season? No doubt. So this person's ERA was 444. Okay. Left on base percentage was 63.2%. Can I get... I mean, there's a lot of pitchers out there. Can I get a... National League? National League. It's a starter. Uh, John it's, Lester? It is not John Lester. Does he pitch on the Cubs? He does not pitch on the Cubs. Although Jose Quintana is third. Oh, I was going to say Quintana. That was one third of my, on one of my guesses. List. Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, 63... Joe Musgrove. This is why he's the best, people. Let's go! This is why he's what the best. What was his XFIP? His XFIP was 431. <laughs> not good. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm trying to find reasons to draft him, And Greg. I'm trying to prove why you shouldn't. He's got to get better with play, with runners on base, right, Greg? No, Frank. No. Draft. But, Joe Musgrove. Wager Talk's up next. No BFFs tomorrow. For Frank Snapple, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again on Friday. We, we hope. hope. 
last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.